it's, it's a new beginning of a new year, so I thought it would be a good day to go back to the beginning. We're going to take a look at Genesis 1, verse 1. Good place to start the new year. That familiar verse says this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There's a lot in that sentence. In fact, that simple statement sets the stage for everything else in the Scripture. It's no accident that the first verse of the Bible reminds us of this important truth, a truth that changes the way we think about everything. God made us. Now, before we get to that, there's something else we need to understand. Before anything existed, before anything was, God was. I'm not much of a philosopher. I guess I probably have a more Hebrew way of thinking than Greek. And what I mean by that is the Greeks always wanted to figure everything out. They wanted to fit everything into a system. They wanted a process for everything. They wanted to understand the background of everything. And that's not a bad thing. It's how we got math and science and a lot of the other things that we we still study in school. We, We study them because they're extremely helpful. I'm glad, for example, that somebody developed the way to keep time. And I have a clock right up there that tells me I've got 24 minutes until lunch. I'm glad to know that. Nothing wrong with systems and processes. That's a good thing. I'm glad those Greeks were were working hard to make sure that we understood how to develop some of those. Now, the Hebrews had plenty of systems as well, but they had a different way of asking the big questions. Whereas the Greeks would ask the question, well, well, how did God create the world? How did all this work? The Hebrews were much more interested in a more important question. As opposed to how did God create the world, they wanted to know why did God create the world. Now here's where that becomes important. A lot of people expend an enormous amount of energy arguing that somehow modern science has disproved the Bible or that somehow modern thinking, particularly scientific thinking, doesn't mix with the Scripture or somehow science contradicts the Bible. Now, that argument comes to a head when we think about these first three chapters of Genesis. In fact, some people write off God entirely because they think that somehow science has disproved what the Bible says about creation. Well, first off, that's not true. There's nothing that we know in science that in any way contradicts the Bible. Now, there's a lot of theories out there that folks throw around that seem to be different than what the Bible says. But what we know, what we have learned from science has always fit exactly with what the Scripture says. Science hasn't disproved the Bible. In fact, the exact opposite. Science, in many ways, has showed us what God has told us is absolutely true. 
But they do ask two different questions, which gets back to the Greeks and the Hebrews. Science asks the questions, how did this happen? How did the earth come to be? Now, Genesis provides some answers to that, but it goes one step farther in a direction that really is much more important. While the Bible is telling us how God did it, it's much more importantly telling us why God created the world. Why did the earth come to be? Why are we here? Why did God create us? Now, to understand that, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning. Actually, we have to go back to before the beginning. That's where the Bible starts. Before anything else existed, God was there. He always has been. He is the start, the beginning of everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That has some very significant realities that we need to understand. One of the things that really winds people up here in these early chapters of of Genesis is, is how long did it take for the earth to begin? Seven days, billions of years. Now, there's a lot of ways to approach that question. But the bottom line is a foundational assumption. Do you believe in a God who could create the world or not? Now, if you don't, if you reject the fact that there's a God who could speak the world into existence, then all these natural processes of billions of years start to make sense. But on the other hand... If you believe that God exists, specifically a God who has all authority and all powerful, he he is able to literally speak creation into existence, then you have a much different perspective on that question. Because if God exists, he could do a billion years worth of work in the blink of an eye. Or as the Bible puts it in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So is that a question of faith? Well, absolutely. And some people argue that, well, you know, I'm a scientific person, I've got to have it proven, so, so I'm just not going to accept that there's a God who could create the world. I don't have that kind of faith. Now, wait a minute. I would argue that even that person has some pretty significant faith. And one way that I would do that, I'd ask them to take out their wallet. And in their wallet, pull out a dollar bill. Now, when you go to Walmart and you lay that dollar bill out on the cashier's table, you believe that dollar is worth 100 pennies. But guess what? It's not. The paper and the ink are worth about, oh, give or take a couple of tenths, about one-tenth of one cent. That's about what the paper and the ink are really worth. But when you give that dollar to the checkout person at Walmart, you are expecting them to give you a hundred pennies worth of something because you believe that piece of paper is worth more than just... A tenth of a cent. 
And by the way, they do too. (laughs) Both of you have faith in the economic system behind that dollar. Now, some people might say, well, you know, it goes back to the gold standard. And down at Fort Knox, they got gold that backs up every one of those dollar bills. Guess what? No, they don't. (laughs) We got off the gold standard a long time ago. The reality is the only way that money works is if people have faith in the dollar. And a much more important way. There is nothing unscientific about having faith that there's a God who created everything. And the question is is simply this. What will you choose to accept? If you accept there is an all-powerful God, then Genesis 1-1 becomes foundational. He's the one in whom all things have their beginning. If you accept that, it means something even more important. And you say, well, how could there be something more important than creating the entire universe? Well, here's what's more important. It means God created you. The word for created in Genesis 1-1 is a very special word in the original language. I once created a pancake, and then I created a snake, and then I created a three-legged dog out of Play-Doh. It was a three-legged dog because I ran out of Play-Doh before I could get the fourth leg on there. We say that that great artists create beautiful works of art. That's all well and good, but this is a different word that appears in Genesis 1-1. The word here describes bringing something out of nothing. It emphasizes initiation, beginning. Something exists now, whereas before there was literally nothing. Or in other words, God didn't have any Play-Doh. Or to say it another way, he created the Play-Doh too. And his dogs actually look like a dog. Actually, they look like every dog that's ever existed because he created all of them. And that means he knows how they work. He actually knows what your dog is thinking when your dog runs back with the frisbee in its mouth and sits down in front of you just looking so expectantly. And you think your dog is thinking, oh, throw the frisbee again. I want to play some more. I want to play some more. Whereas what the dog is actually thinking, will you please put the frisbee up and put some food in my bowl already, please? Well, God knows exactly how that dog works. He knows exactly how the mountains are put together. He knows everything that's in the ocean. He knows everything about us. God knows everything. He knows how it all works. He knows all the stuff that we figured out. Yes, the world really is round. It's not flat. We got that one figured out. He knows the stuff that we think we figured out, but we Figured it out wrong. I mean, seriously, we came from an amoeba? I don't know. God knows the stuff we think we know that we really don't. And he knows the stuff that we don't have a clue about. For example, in in the 
a nucleus of an atom, there are protons. They're all positively charged. If you've ever had a magnet and you put the positive end next to another magnet's positive end, you know what happens. They, they try to push each other apart. You can't put them together. Well, that's what protons should do. They're all the same charge. They should fly apart, but they don't. Something is holding them together, and we still don't know what that something is. But God does. He knows everything, everything about us as well, including how to fix what's broken. I bought Marsha a fancy clock for our 25th wedding anniversary. It has a plaque and everything. And every hour on the hour, it chimes the song to which we walked out on our wedding day. Not only tells time, it has one of those uh, moon phases things so you can tell whether it's a waning moon or a waxing moon other than just looking out the door and looking up and seeing whether it's a waning moon or waxing moon. But every week you have to wind it, which I have done faithfully now for almost 10 years, except one week. And I don't know for sure what happened. I don't know if it was in a hurry or uh, maybe I just wasn't watching what I was doing. But I, I wound the clock up too far. And it stopped. No more wedding song. No more waxing and waning moon. It did tell the time, however, twice a day. Apparently, Marcia wanted to know what time it was more than just two times a day. Uh, and so I said, well, let me see if I can visit. So I, I looked inside and I saw all the gears and pulleys and everything that was in there. I knew I was way over my depth. So I called the clock repairman. And in about 30 minutes, he had the clock chiming and timing again, just as it had done before. Actually, that only took him about five minutes to fix it. The other 25 minutes, he lectured me about how not to wind the clock too far. <laughs> and he was right. When I didn't do it the right way, when I did it my way, I only succeeded in breaking it. And when it was broken, there was no way that I could fix it. I needed the watchmaker. Which brings us back to Genesis 1-1. Our world is broken. People hate each other for no reason. They kill each other for less than a day's worth of food. People cheat and lie and then go climb into their Lexus and drive home. And those folks who are diligently trying to live the right way, they seem to barely make ends meet. Christians continue to be severely persecuted all around the world, thrown into prison. Some of them, even their lives taken from them simply because they claim the name of Jesus. And the more we try to fix things, the worse this world seems to become. We need the watchmaker. The one who created it all. The one who knows how this world works. And that's why Genesis 1.1 points directly to John 3.16. God so loved the world. 
The world that he spoke into existence. The world that he brought out of nothing. The world that includes you and me. God so loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the same God. The same God of Genesis 1-1. The same God of beginnings. As this new year begins, let God start something new in you. Maybe you're here this morning and you recognize the watch is broken. Your life is not where it needs to be. And you came here this morning hoping that maybe 2018 will be different. Maybe there's some way to get your life back where it needs to be. And you haven't been able to figure out what that is, but you thought, well, maybe church will do it for me. Well, I want to let you know right up front, National Arts Baptist Church can't do that for you. But we know the one who can. And we want to tell them about you this morning. We want to tell you about Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you know the Lord and, and yet you know, some stuff's kind of snuck into your life. You really wish it wasn't there, but you, you let it get in there. You're not even sure exactly how it happened. And, and you came in this morning convicted saying, you know, I, I've got to change this. This is not what God wants in my life. We've got a watchmaker who can fix all the messes that we make who can take the, the, the sin in our life and make it white as snow. Let the God of beginnings do something new today in you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the God of beginnings. You were there before anything. You've always been. And so today we give you praise as the God of all creation. It's our prayer, Heavenly Father, that you would do some new things today. Maybe there's somebody here that needs a relationship with you. God, help them to see you've, you've done exactly what needs to be done. You sent your Son to die on a cross for our sin, to rise again, to prove His power. God, we pray that power would be very real today to every person here. Maybe there's someone who's made some mistakes in life and just needs a fresh start. God, you're the God of fresh starts. Help them to see that, that you can take the mess we make of our life and turn it into diamonds through your power. God, help us. In Jesus' name, amen.